this master that loved hunting, and as he went out with his servant, um, they were out in the fields, and, and the servant kept telling him, you know, you need to be grateful for anything. He had just chopped off his finger while cutting wood, so he was not very thankful. He was so upset that he had lost his, his finger, and he was just so upset and so upset, and finally the servant was like, give thanks in every situation. And the master was like, there's no way I'm going to be thankful for the finger that I lost. As they went out hunting, the master was still very upset with the servant for saying those words. So he got him and threw him in a dump and said, I hope you learn to be thankful for that. And he kept on walking and went out to hunt. And as he was hunting, he um, found some people and they were actually cannibals. And they caught him and they were ready to kill him. And as the master, they were ready, ready to kill him, they saw, and one person yelled out, the man, he's blemished. He doesn't have one finger. So as a result, they could not offer him. They could not eat him because he didn't have that finger. So he was let go. And as he was walking back, he found the servant. And he's like, you, you cannot believe what happened. I almost got eaten, but because of my lost finger, I was, I was saved. Wow, I sure am thankful I lost my finger. And the servant is like, you know, I'm also thankful because had you not thrown me in the ditch and left me, they would have eaten me instead of you. You know, God tells us, be thankful in everything. And I think it's easy to say it, but when it comes to real life, boy, is it hard to do. Um, when I look in the, in the verse, um, 1 Thessalonians, if you want to go with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And it's a very short verse, and I've been, I've been reading it since I was young, but I think the, the, the words of it are still something that challenges me every day. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It says, In everything give thanks. In everything. You know, we know that we ought to be thankful to the Lord for everything, and we know that's something we ought to do, but it, is, it goes beyond just standing up in church and praising God or just saying, oh, this makes me so happy. It's in every circumstance. It's, it's something that only comes from the Lord, I believe. You know, the example of Job teaches us a good example that, you know, it wasn't his fault that he went through all those circumstances. It wasn't a result of, of a bad choice. It was simply out of his control, yet in those moments, he was still trusting in God. I know that um, each one of us, no matter our age, no matter where we've lived, each one of us has experienced trials, has experienced hard days, days where you're not so thankful, and days when you feel downcast. But yet the Bible says, give thanks. Now, I think it's important to know why we would give thanks. And I think the link for that we're going to be seeing today. I want you to go to um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, which is just one chapter before. And I think it provides that link of knowing why. Why is it important for us to give thanks? Why would be doing something like that? And if somebody can read it, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. And it's just the first part. 
the previous verse said, for this is the will of God. And here we see again, what is it saying? For this is the will of God. For what? Even your sanctification. Now somehow, some way, enduring trials, being thankful in every situation produces what? Sanctification. Somehow giving thanks is going to lead us to have a more sanctified life. You know, when I look back on my past year, the experiences I've gone through, the ups and the downs, boy, there's moments I was not thankful. There's moments when I didn't feel that I was being blessed, and during those trials, I didn't feel so happy. But instead, I wondered, why? Why am I going through this? Why why am I having trouble with that? Why is this happening in my life? Moments of tears, moments when you feel so exasperated and you wonder why God would permit something like that to happen. This is where faith comes in. I think it's knowing that no matter what, God is in control. This is an element that cannot be lost in this, in this, in this quest for being thankful. You know, being thankful also depends a lot on the degree, your degree of thankfulness depends on the gift that you're receiving. I know that sometimes when I was young, they were gifts that I was not always excited about. That you would say, oh, thank you. You know some people, when you give them something, they're like, oh, thanks. But they're not really excited about it. You know that it was something that you know they appreciated, but not so much. But when you have somebody that tells you, wow, this is just what I wanted. Thank you so much. What can you tell about it? They really wanted it. They really are thankful for it. They love it. You know, there's three things that I realize are important for understanding why we should be thankful and how this can play a part during our hard times. Number one is understanding the cost that he had to pay to give the gift or how much it cost. What was the effort that put? Second is the value of the gift. And third, the relevance of the gift for you. One example that I see was the woman that washed the feet of Jesus. She had the alabaster box and he, she was washing the feet of, Jesus, uh, feet of Jesus with her hair. And as the smell was going across, you know, thinking of that cost, do you think Jesus was thankful for it? They say that in today's day, the amount, the amount, the cost for that gift in today's wage would be around $30,000. Now, if somebody did that for you, would you be thankful? It cost her so much. It was such a big sacrifice for her. Another example is if, if you're a male and you receive a dress as a Christmas gift, would you be thankful? Probably not so much, right? You would rather have a car or a book or something more exciting. It would have more relevance for you. But when it comes to the gifts we receive, we need to understand that, you know, are we understanding who the giver is? How much it costs them to do it? Do you understand the cost? Do you understand what the person gave for you to have that? And how is it relevant for you? And as we keep going, that's going to start making more sense. You know, in every, in every, it's, in every easy circumstance, it's easy to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for that battery you gave me the other day. Thank you for food that's on my table. It's easy to do it in prosperity. But in, it's in the times of trouble that this verse becomes so real and it rings louder saying, in everything, give thanks. Why, why would God allow trials to come is my question. Why 
as Christians, do we have to experience all of this? What is the purpose of trials? You know, specifically for us as Christians, we know that we're going to have trials, you know? It's, it's part of life. It's part of sin, knowing that Satan will be attacking us, will be trying to put us down. And we are also preparing for something greater. You know, let's look in James. Look in James 1, 2. And one of my favorite books of the Bible. As I was saying, it's easy to give thanks when everything's going easy. But what I want to share with you today is the gift that presents to us when we have trials and how we can be thankful for all those situations. You know, there's a saying that our plans fail sometimes that God's plan may succeed. You know, sometimes failures are a part of our life so that we can see that greater picture. Look with me in James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it what? Something's all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not enjoy being in temptation. Do you? Is it something that you desire to be in? No, nobody's happy when they're tempted. But yet we're told that we need to count it all joy. Why would that be? I think the key phrase comes in the next verse. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It's the knowing, the understanding of why this is happening that helps us to be able to count it all joy. Otherwise, it's, it can be very confusing and it can be very hard to give thanks. You know, if we know that trials worketh patient, in Revelations 14, 10, 12, it says, here is the patience of the what? of the saints. So we know that in the last days, there will be trials harder than we've ever thought, harder than we've seen before. And you know, sometimes we pray, Lord, I want to be part of that 144,000. I want to be part of the last group of people. And God says, okay, but I'm going to give you some trials. Why? Because it worketh in you patience. And if I want you to be part of those people that are standing in the last days, we need to experience this as well today to be prepared. That's why God worketh in us through these situations. I want to give one example which is extremely common, the example of Job. Let's, let's go to the book of Job, Job chapter 1. It opens a window of what happens behind the scenes that if this story wasn't in the Bible, it would be hard for us to understand the reason behind difficult times. You see, Job was a very prosperous man. He was wealthy. He had family. He was one of the greatest men in his time. But yet one day, in verse 6, it says, Now there was a when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and issueth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? 
Hast thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that thee hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself, but not forth, but not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from his presence. So we see the Lord knew Job. He's a, he's a godly man, he says. But Satan's like, oh, he, he has a prosperous life. It's easy to praise God when everything's going right, when you have all the money you need, when situations are fine, when your family is doing fine. But Satan's like, what if you take that out? Would he still be that faithful? But God knew he would be. He trusted in Job. So then he said, go ahead except don't take his life. So Satan brought a lot of pain. He lost his wealth. He lost 10 sons and daughters in one day. Can you imagine? Even losing one child, how much pain that would be. Imagine 10 in one day. You lose everything. And not only that, you lose your health. And there's nothing that Job has done evil. But even in this situation, go to Job um, 121, and it says, this is what Job said, after all of this had happened, naked came, out, came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Isn't this incredible? Can I say this? I mean, I can't imagine losing my parents. I can't imagine as a parent losing a child. But that, it not only went to that, it went to his own health. And it was not just anything, it was painful. And yet he says, the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Wow, this takes being thankful to a whole new level. Now I look at the, the life of Paul, another example. The Apostle Paul, Acts 16. This is one of my favorite stories. Acts 16, and we can find the story um, starting in verse 20. Acts 16, verse 20. We see that they are beaten, and then they're taken to the jail and because they were teaching God's word. Um, when they had laid many stripes upon them, verse 23, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Now when I think, why would someone be singing and praising God in prison? Why would that be? I think... He was in love with God. Absolutely. And you know, Paul understood the fact that Jesus paid everything for him. He owed everything. To, and for him, he said it was a privilege to suffer with Jesus Christ. He knew the why. He understood. And therefore, he could be with exceeding joy, praising God. Not because it was easy. Not because it comes naturally to humans. No, when we wake up, we usually are not happy to be awake. We want to keep sleeping, right? 
It doesn't come natural to us to be thankful, to wake up and praise the Lord. It's not natural. But yet when we come to Christ and we realize the value of His sacrifice for us, that's when we can say, wow, there's nothing else but be thankful through it all. Knowing that my life is being tested, is being tried, is being purified so that I can serve Him better. You know, Paul, as a result of this, the jailer was also brought to the feet of Jesus as a result of his testimony. And later on, Paul was beaten and beaten so many other times. But what was the result of this? Um, in Acts of the Apostles, it talks about the story that Paul had been suffering. They had taken him, taken him as prisoner. And a young man called Timothy saw this. It says, when Paul was dragged out of the city, this youthful disciple was among the number who took their stand beside his apparently lifeless body and who saw him arise, bruised and covered with blood, but with praises upon his lip because he had been permitted to suffer for the sake of Christ. This is what Paul said. You know, he was beaten. He was taken out of the city because he was preaching. Timothy witnessed this. And Paul comes out of this full of blood, full of bruises, and yet he is saying, praise God that I can suffer with Christ. What was the result of that? Timothy, this young man, decided to follow Christ because of his example. So you know, suffering for Christ is not just so that our life can be purified, so our characters can be tried, so we can develop patience, but also it is a testimony for others. It's a testimony that God wants other people to see. You know, Paul understood that it was worth living for Christ, dying for Christ. And for him, it meant everything. Nothing was more important for him. And he was willing to do anything for his master because he loved him. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, if you want to look with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25 through 27. It says, Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and day I have been in the deep. In, and he keeps on going. In journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watching often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings, of ten in cold and nakedness and he keeps on going Paul was not just one time two times in trials this was a daily thing part of his life yet he counted it all joy enduring hardship like a soldier of Jesus Christ he looked back to Calvary and with new ardor pressed on to spread the knowledge of the crucified you know when I look back on my trials on my problems they're so insignificant compared to what he went through. And yet I so quickly complain, so quickly say, Lord, you have no plans for me. Lord, how can I trust you? You know, the life of Ellen G. White is also something that really struck to me. I was reading a quote from her that totally, you know, just opened my eyes. You know, she was sick for most of her life. Pretty much her whole life she struggled with sickness and health. 
She lost two sons out of the four. She was criticized most of her life as well. People thought evil of her. People thought she was false. So many issues along the way. And you know, if something is difficult, it's not to be appreciated, you know, when people think ill of you. And yet, she said at the end, you know, I would not want to change any of these problems. I would not want to take back any of the trials I experienced. None of them. Why? Because she realized that all of these things were a blessing. They had developed her character. They had drawn, drawn her closer to Jesus Christ. You know, it's not easy to thank God when things are going hard. Even though we know God is preparing us for a harder time, which we know will come before the second coming of Christ, God is preparing our character, shaping us, it is not easy. And that's why the answer of how we can be sanctified, how we can develop this patience through trials is understanding like John 17, 17, it's going to be through the word of God, through his promises. They're going to take us through that spirit of God. He's going to give us the strength to endure. It does not come from our own. And it's only if we allow his word to change our lives. So understanding this, Christ gave everything for us. It costs his life. That's the first thing. We understand that the gift is precious. We're not deserving the value of the gift and the relevance to us. Why is, it, is this gift of Jesus Christ relevant to us? Why is it to you? You know, the answers to these things, realizing we are sinners in a need of a Savior, makes us know that the gift of trials it is a gift. Why? It draws us closer to you. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7, it says, that The trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Gold tried in fire, it's painful, but the end result is beautiful. You know, I don't know what you're going through this morning. You know, it might be financial, it might be family-related issues, it might be health, it might be your studies. I don't know what you're going through. What's causing that sorrow? What's causing those difficulties? But you know, there is one thing we can know for sure. God is still there. And there's that story that says, you know, it's walking through the sand and he asked the Lord, I only see one set of footprints. And the Lord says, that's when I carried you. I think that promise is real in any part of our life, no matter when. God is there. He says, yes, I will permit trials, but I will be by your side. I will be carrying you through. There is coming a time of tribulation that the world has never seen, but yet through these times, God is preparing us for that. Isaiah 43, 2, When thou pass through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burnt, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. So I've been challenged this week, and even though for this week's sermon I was thinking another topic, I wanted to preach about something else, the Lord kept bringing this to mind. Madeline, now when it's hard, give thanks. When it's difficult, give thanks. God is teaching us so many things in life. And I think it is absolutely our privilege to praise God through it. Sorry. 
trials come, trust God. It's a simple it's a simple word, trust God. He holds your hand, he carries you through. This is my prayer today and I really hope it is your prayer as well. God bless.